Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives, and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets varying using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record, but here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Elin, recording in the Podcast Town studio. I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better. I'm tuned in. Often, influencers and celebrities, their trials, they're plastered all on social media and news outlets. Adversity has a way of bringing out what you didn't know was in you. We have the choice to run from pain or embrace every emotion. Influencers can use their platforms to educate, encourage, or evil endeavors when faced with adversity. Today's segment welcomes in the experience of the unexpected bearing a child in front of the community. It's believed that in life, children will bury their parents, but that's not always the case. Her identity is protected, but her story is revealed in many homes around the world. She speaks with an open heart and how life can strengthen character and propel one into a position of gratitude and purpose. She gives us an opportunity to influence those around us with gratitude when staring adversity in the eye. Let's take a listen. I am a mother and a wife first. I am a business owner. I have two businesses. One is a a jewelry business and the other is a canning or food preservation business. In my most recent work, I was the director of program services for a youth serving organization called Pearls for Teen Girls. So being in a space like this is really uh, familiar and uh, fulfilling. However, um, June 24th, 2018, I got a phone call, and um, I normally don't answer numbers that I don't recognize. It was a Sunday afternoon. Something in my spirit told me to answer the call. So I pick up the phone. It is my 12-year-old daughter on the phone, hysterical, and she's telling me that My son, which is her older brother, was in a lake and they couldn't find him and he drowned and I'm like, what? You know, I didn't know how to take the information and you know, I'm thinking my daughter, she's a bit of a drama queen. So I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe she doesn't understand what drowning means, maybe She's exaggerating the situation, so let me get some facts and you know, why are you calling me and, and not your dad? So just some things just didn't add up. Um, so I called her dad, who was my ex-husband, couldn't get him on the phone. Um, I called his wife, couldn't get her on the phone. Called her back, um, she didn't answer. So, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm realizing that time is passing, so if I don't get answers soon, I'm going to have to accept that something went wrong. So, um, maybe about five, ten minutes later, got her dad on the phone. He's hysterical, so now I know something is wrong. And I'll skip past, you know, all the details of the hysteria. Uh, My son had drowned in a lake on a Sunday afternoon. He was 14 and a half years old. He was my, um, he is 
because he still lives, okay? He is my firstborn child, uh, my only biological son. He had just finished middle school at Milwaukee College Prep, and uh, he was on his way to Dominican High School. This was obviously not something that I had planned for or prepared myself for. Although, when I look back on it, the recent events leading up to that event absolutely prepared me for it. But my mind went to a space of total and complete thankfulness. Not necessarily thankfulness that my son had passed away, but the only thing I could think about was that if he had died so suddenly, this was God's will. You know, we don't know the day that we're going to be born. We don't know that the day of the day when we're going to leave this earth. And so I, I went into a place of um, acceptance. And my concern and my thinking was not such that, you know, okay, God, please bring my son back, let him be alive. I had went in my mind to an event that had taken place maybe almost 20 years prior. My uncle had also drowned in a lake. And um, he was with two gentlemen. One of the brothers that he was with was found um, maybe 12 hours after their boat had capsized. Another one was found the next day he was deceased. And my uncle was found 10 days later and had um, after that 10-day search journey his body was unrecognizable it had swollen and i'm just going to give you the graphic details it had swollen to the point where when he pulled it out of the water it had split in half because of the decomposition of being in the water so my mind was like i cannot go through a long exhausted search process so my prayer was Please, God, just let me find my baby so I can give him an open casket um, funeral. And um, I just, you know, being very real, like I didn't want to have to go and identify a monster. You know what I mean? I wanted to go and identify a body that looked like the son that I knew and I loved. So five hours later, he was out in East Troy. Um, that's where he, he had drowned my um I always tell this story differently, so bear with me. Bear patient with me. You know, I have to entertain the thoughts as they come along. But um, they were on campgrounds. Um, it was called Camp Timberleaves with his father and uh, his family. My um, son knew how to swim. He was almost six feet tall. The lake was only eight feet tall. So um, had he been in a pool, of water, he would have been okay. I'm a firm believer that he would have been okay. But um, my daughter had given him her life jacket to go into the water because there was a like a swimming toy that fell in the water, like a noodle. Y'all know what a noodle is? Mm -hmm. Went in the water, and she didn't want to go get it. She was scared and you know, didn't want to go in the water. So he's like, "Shabba, give me my, give me your life jacket, and I'll go ahead and get it myself." And so he put on a life jacket, strapped it in the front, didn't strap it in the back. And so when he jumped in, the life jacket flew off. And um, there was panic, you know, my daughter was panicking, natural response, um, his dad was way off in the distance, 
panicking. And it's my belief that he's hearing this panic and um, he panicked. And um, there was about five feet of weeds underneath the water. You know, those weeds are kind of alive and you can grab a hold of you. And coupled with the undercurrent of a lake, he just didn't make it. So he struggled and um, he didn't make it. But um, I say all that to say, and I'm not trying to make you all sad, but I just want to give you the details of the story. I say all that to say that my son lived a very full life, a very blessed life. He traveled, we had fun, he was a dancer, he was an athlete, played basketball, played soccer, ran track, um, all sorts of things. And so when I looked at his life, like he was blessed and I was blessed to be able to be his mother. So I'm thankful for the 14 and a half years that God gave me with him. Now, that trial and that tragedy brought something out of me that I didn't know was there. So like I said, my mind went straight to gratitude, to being thankful, not screaming and hollering and falling out all over the place, which is also a natural response, but that wasn't my natural response, at least not right away. I have fallen out and I have cried and I have tore up a room, a room, but that wasn't my natural response. And adversity has a very, very, very interesting way of bringing out of you what you don't know is within you. So true. And it's not the circumstance that makes you who you are. The circumstance helps to reveal who you are. And so I began a journey of gratitude without even trying. It just came out of me. And so you know, I hear the sisters talk about like a Facebook post and you know that stuff just pops up because I'm oftentimes feeling very, 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 very down and I gotta find something to pick myself back up. And in picking myself back up, consequently, I believe it's helping to pick others up as well. So um, I really got to know myself. I really got to know and understand that um, how you carry yourself and how you carry your attitude when you're going through trial and you're going through difficulty really manifests the type of character you have. And if you choose not to maintain a positive and uplifting attitude, you might stay in a trial longer than you really want to. You know what I mean? So, um, Difficulty shapes you. It does not break you if you don't let it. And also after difficulty comes ease. And let me tell you this, there's a difficulty factor associated with anything of value. And the greater the difficulty, the greater the value, okay? Do y'all understand yeah. that? Yeah. So you can't expect something great to come out of you're not being willing to work. You're not being willing to, to suffer and not being willing to endure, okay? Um, 
you know, there is deposited, I'm sorry, there is greatness that has been deposited in each and every one of us. And it can't be brought out of you if life is just always made easy for you. Okay, you gotta go through something and maintain a high spirit when you're going through it. And I really find it as a, uh, a privilege to have endured such a trial. Um, I, um, I had always wanted to uh, homeschool my children. I always wanted to be able to focus on my business, even while working a full-time job. Always wanted to really work on cultivating my gifts that were within me. And had it not been for my son passing and me being shocked into the reality of the moment that at any given moment I could not be here, at any given moment it could be my last moment, I decided to leave a job that I loved. I decided to start walking in my purpose. I decided, I decided to start homeschooling my children. I decided to start focusing on the things that really, 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 really brought me joy and things that I was passionate about. And I say that to say that you all, you don't have to wait for a tragedy to strike in order for you to go for what you want. Right. If you have something within you that's calling your name, telling you to do it, if it's anything of good, God put that desire in your heart and it is on you to go forward. So don't wait for a catastrophe. Don't wait for darkness to hit, okay? You can go for what you want at any given moment. So it's really just a matter of making a choice and making a decision to be who it is that you want to be. Y'all feel me on that? Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, so this whole gratitude piece. So let me tell you what I started to do. Um, there have been moments that I've really, really, really slipped into depression and I've gotten down and, you know, just not wanting to get up out of bed, you know, not wanting to do the things that I want to do, just sad. And um, I started journaling maybe eight months ago. I started journaling every morning I get up and I write in my gratitude journal. So I get up five o'clock in the morning, say my prayers, and I just write down everything that I'm grateful for. And the mornings that I miss that and I don't do that, I really, really, really feel a difference in my day. I feel a difference in my attitude. I feel a difference in my spirit. So it is my suggestion, if you got a lot of issues going on, if you're feeling down and out about yourself, if you're facing some adversity, get you a journal, get you a notebook. If you don't have a blank notebook, just use the back of a notebook that you already have for a subject at school or whatever. But just start jotting down what you're grateful for. Gratitude is a synonym for appreciation, right? Let me tell you about appreciation. Of course, you know, appreciation means thankfulness, gratitude, but there's another definition that means increase in value. And anybody who owns a home, if you make a, a modification on a home, or if you add on a garage, if you invest in your home, 
what happens? They come out and they appraise that home. You increase the value of your home because of the good that you put in to your home. So if you can appreciate the things that are around you, the things that you have in your life, I don't care if you are thankful that you have eyelashes, okay? If you can be thankful for even the small things that you have in your life, you'll start to see that more things for you to be thankful for will start to appear in your life. Now, it is my belief that two things can't operate occupy the same space at the same time. So it is not possible to feel happy and sad at the same time. It's not possible to feel grateful and ungrateful at the same time. Gratitude makes you feel happy. So if you can really intentionally set your mind to be more grateful, you will bring more happiness into your life and you'll find yourself navigating the body of difficulties much quicker, much, much faster. You'll find little things not phasing you anymore. You'll find yourself maybe not being so petty and not giving so much energy to stuff that ultimately does not matter. So that is my little nugget of uh, wisdom for you all today. I mentioned I'm a spoken word artist. And you wanted me to do something? Yes. Poetry, right? Okay. So I am, uh, I'm going to do a piece that I wasn't planning on doing because I walked up in here and I said, you know what? That's the piece I'm supposed to do. So I am, but you can't tell, a black woman. <laughs> so my experience is from the lens of a black woman. So I am going to do a piece that's called Black Girls. And it's been a while, so I just want to have my little notes here in case I need them. Are you all okay? Yes. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Yes, I am all that and 10 family size bags of chips. Don't forget the spicy salsa and French onion dip. A Sam's Club tub of strawberry licorice and it ain't just me, see we, black girls, are a gift. Now they say in comparison to their size, some of Earth's strongest creatures are ants, but I've seen a black girl bend down and lift the whole world onto her back, secure it into place with some handmade crochet shoulder straps and then stand up right and carry it around like it's a knapsack and still look fly. And if you've ever been told you weren't beautiful, you no longer have to believe that because you were made in the image of the divine. So just let the mirror be your feedback. And I dare you to look yourself in the eye and call God ugly, fat, or too black. It's time to retract some of these age-old tales and start reverting them into facts. See, actually, we were more than just a nation to which we gave birth. We spread our legs and popped out a perfected universe and the nighttime sky is full of all of our blackness and vastness, which is gazed at by the whole world, just like when a black sister passes. But we've been treating ourselves like the lost thoughts that wash ashore when everyone else is too scared to go deep. We'd rather get wrestled in waves when it's still waters underneath. But we are peace and as unique as God's one teardrop that spills, splattered, and formed the four oceans. We are the force that acted on the body, thus causing the first law of motion through our hips. We are the full gloss lips that uttered that creative phrase, let there be light. 
We are the ancestral traces of feminine pioneers that chose to both love and fight. We are goddess in physical form, the functional fragments of Isis, Ma'at, Bastet, and Hawthor. We built Ra's boat of a million years and test sailed it through the underworld, black girls. We are more than just the best thing since sliced bread. We are the entire flaxseed and organic multi-grain loaf. We were only divided into pieces for being too influential as a whole. We are the soul that breathed into dust, giving a heartbeat to dirt. Then it rained, so we patterned the mud onto linen and turned it into artwork. We are the sun's inspiration to burn through clouds when skies overcast. And we are so selfless that we feed our families first and scrape the pot to eat last. We are the royal grace that walks beneath purple satin head wraps. We are the religion that adorns itself in ankle long dresses and church hats. We are the bolts of lightning that massage the globe to mold its continental features. Then we get mad at Rome for stealing our thunder, so we struck it and caused the lean in the Tower of Pisa. We were the strength of Julius Caesar, mother of Moses, David, Solomon, and Jesus. We are even a silhouette that pleases the missing eye of Horus. We are the swollen bare breasts that kept all of our kings alive. We are the carved face and beaded waist that distinguish African tribes. We are the sort of brass symbol that dangles from sturdy earlobes. We are the enlightened spirit that never slips beneath the rim of our high cheekbones. We are the ancient wisdom snuggled within the tangles of matted dreadlocks and the history caught in the coils of picked afros. Our hands are the sacred scales that gave value to diamond, to gold, and our skin makes love to the sun, leaving our age a story untold. We are not just queens, y'all. We are the order of angels that created the throne. We are the cast iron womb that everybody calls home. And because of all that, black girls, we will forever, forever, ever, forever, ever be the muse to a perfect poem. Thank you. So many gems listening to that clip. The one I keep replaying is, it's a privilege to have endured. The invisible talk I encourage you to have with yourself is, when was the last time you embraced adversity? Did you find the wind and release the negativity? Don't forget to pick yourself up by pouring into others. Don't wait for tragedy to actually live your life. Live it hour by hour, day by day month by month, year by year. Understanding and receiving that there's a blessing in every struggle and there's a lesson to be learned, but most importantly, to be shared. It's not the end, but the beginning of gratitude. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question, what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain, or struggles? To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elam.